Exactly a week ago tonight, Jews celebrated the first night of Pesach, of Passover. Joining in a Passover Seder is one of the most popular forms of personal American Jewish worship. Almost 75% of American Jews do something for Passover. That's even less than what we do for Hanukkah. And one of the most memorable moments for many of us is the chanting of the four questions. The Talmud in Pesachim, in the tractate on Passover, teaches the following rule about the four questions. If the son is learned, then he asks. If the son is not learned, then the wife asks. If the wife is not learned, then the father himself asks. And even if there are only two sages who know the laws of Passover very well, they should ask each other the questions. Does not matter who is sitting with you at your Seder table, whether it's two brilliant rabbis who practically have the Haggadah memorized, or a young child who doesn't even yet know how to ask. Telling the story of the exodus from Egypt must be in a question-and-answer format. The mitzvah, the commandment, the obligation of telling the story must be initiated by asking questions. It is like the well-known Yiddish anecdote about a Jew and his non-Jewish friend. The non-Jewish friend asks, Why do Jews always answer a question with a question? And the friend, the Jewish friend, answers, Why not? But, but being, being serious, why questions? Only a rabbi asks a question like, why questions? But in general, why are questions such a central part of the Seder? I would argue it is because at its core, Passover is about freedom from slavery. And slaves learn to never ask questions. They are forced to silently obey in their lives. The right to formulate a question, and even more, to presume that someone would answer it, is the ultimate act of being a free person. Being free as a female reform rabbi in the, 20th century, in the 21st century in the Bay Area means reading that same Talmudic text from Sahim about the four questions and asking, where is the daughter in this Seder? And how does she feel about her brother asking instead of her? Why does the Talmud assume that the husband is leading the Seder and that he's married to a woman? Right after the four questions, as we keep on going through the Haggadah, we learn about the four sons. And the most challenging and arguably the most interesting of the four is the wicked one, Harasha. He asks, what is this service to you? And you, you kind of have to imagine it in that teenager voice with sarcasm bordering on accusation, right? Why do you even care about this? Why do I have to be here? What are we doing? And the text's response to him in the Haggadah is pretty harsh. Because he separated himself from the community, he rejects that which is essential. Had he been there, i.e. had he been enslaved in Egypt, he would not have been redeemed. I don't think that the text is being literal here. 
The family would not have left their brooding adolescent on the other side of the Red Sea while they crossed over. But I think it's commenting on what counts as a real question. It's not really a question if you are not open to dialogue, if you don't plan on listening to the answer, if you just want to make the other person feel bad in the question. The wicked child would not have been redeemed, at least in maybe a kind of psychological, spiritual level, because he never asked a real question during the Seder. A real question creates relationships, creates shared moments. A real question comes from someone who is willing to change his or her thinking at the end of the conversation. A real question gives you a taste of freedom. Jonathan Safran Foer wrote an incredible op-ed in the New York Times two weeks ago entitled, Why a Haggadah? He tries to explain why, after writing popular and lucrative fiction, like everything is illuminated and extremely loud and incredibly close, he chose to work on his recently published Haggadah. More than a justification of his latest project, the op-ed is really a description of his spiritual journey, as a 30-something American Jew. He writes, Because I wanted to take a step toward the conversation I could only barely hear through the door of my ignorance, the closed door of my ignorance. A step toward a Judaism of question marks rather than quotation marks. Toward the story of my people, my family, and myself towards question marks rather than quotation marks. In some ways, the text of the original Haggadah is like quotation marks. We inherited it from our ancestors, and it can feel rote. We make our children memorize the four questions in religious school or through CDs, now through MP3s. But do they actually understand what they are saying about the elements of the Seder? They may eat matzah, some try bitter herbs if they're brave, but do they dip twice? Do they recline throughout the Seder? The Haggadah is meant to be a guidebook. It starts us off by emphasizing the asking of questions. It trains us in the tools of critical thinking. It gives us a beginning foundation. As a beginning, it gives us quotation marks. But our job every year, as Four says, is to move towards the question marks. We don't all have to write our own Haggadah and go on the Colbert Report to promote it, like Jonathan Safran Four did two weeks ago. But we do have to go beyond the initial text of the Haggadah and make the Seder our own. We have to ask new, relevant questions every year. Who are the modern slaves in our global economy today? How do we make ourselves feel enslaved at times? How do we make the ones we loved feel like slaves? It will be different questions for each person at each Seder, but fundamentally asking those questions is what makes us feel the freedom of Passover. We end the Seder by hoping that next year we will be in Jerusalem. We don't necessarily mean that we pay for an El Al ticket in March, 
and splurge for the King David Hotel. This Yerushalayim, the one of our Haggadah, this is a Jerusalem of freedom. It's a symbol of home and it's a symbol of independence. So I hope that for next year, that we move from the quotation marks to the question marks. I hope that each of us brings genuine questioning to our Passover celebration wherever we are. And I hope that we feel the freedom of redemption. Shabbat shalom and chag sameach.